0: Take your Bibles. Please turn to 2 Kings, chapter 2. 2 Kings, chapter 2. We'll read verses 6 through 13 together. We'll read this passage responsively. 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 6 through 13. 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 6 through 13. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went, and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle, and wrapped it together, and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither, so that the two went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, as they still on and talked, that, Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and rent them into pieces. He took up also a mantle that Elijah, that, that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And let me read Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14 to you. The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? And let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our church. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the obvious presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you would work through our preacher. Lord, we live in a pretty tough world. We live in a world that's even tough on Christians because sometimes we allow our own sin to get us down. Fill our preacher with your power. Fill us with your power as we listen. Change us so we could help more people, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This evening, I preach the second half of the sermon that I started this morning.
1: I've probably done this three or four times in the last eight years. I felt like the truth was so important that we needed to get the whole thing and that we need not cut it short. And so tonight, I'll catch you up the best that I can. I apologize if you were not able to be here. Of course, we have visitors that are here tonight that couldn't be here this morning, but we had dozens and dozens and dozens of our people in nurseries and children's churches and Spanish church that were not here this morning as well. So I want to catch us up. I want to do my best to help us. Let me say this, first of all. I made a statement or two at the beginning of the sermon this morning, and I said, "...what you do with this sermon is going to make a difference as to whether or not you'll stay married, whether or not you'll stay in your church, your your Christian school, whether or not you'll stay a functioning part of Christianity." Every leader here, you need to listen to what I say, because uh, we're going to talk about a wounded spirit. And if you're going to survive the attack of Satan, and survive the attack of people, uh, every, every, every Christian leader here, at one time or another, or many times in life, you will be attacked by people. There's just no doubt about that. Uh, now, you're going to have to learn how to survive it. You're going to have to learn how to keep your spirit right. And that's what I'm going to help you with this evening. We could call this a wounded attitude, if you would like. It's, it's about your attitude. It's about your spirit. Also, you, you, could, you could call it a wounded heart, if you would like. Within man, when God talks about the heart, it's talked about two, two different ways in the Bible. There is the heart that is the physical organ. Then there, there is the heart, that, that seat of your emotions, the, the central computer of your emotions and your feelings, that place where your attitude is plugged in. All those things are what describe this thing of the heart. We call it a wounded spirit. The Bible says in Proverbs eighteen fourteen, "...the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear?" We read a moment ago the story of the great Old Testament prophet Elijah. Uh, the, the, he, uh, and, and if you know anything about him, Elijah performed eight supernatural miracles. Elijah is about to be taken to heaven. He's going to be translated. In other words, God's going to come down and snatch him up off the earth. He's not going to die a death like maybe you and I will by being put in the grave. God was going to take him off the earth. Well, Elijah has a faithful assistant by the name of Elisha. Uh, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah and let me explain something to you folks. We have a a, a new little boy. He's he's special needs and uh, you just pay attention right this way with me, don't, don't let it disturb you uh, mom and dad are here and they love him and we love him but you give me your attention, you look right at me that way you know what's going on and all of us work together that way Elijah is about to be taken to heaven Elisha he is his Elijah's faithful assistant and Elijah tells Elisha he said, now I want you to wait right here for me, I'm going to go over Jordan and Elisha said no way I'm not going to leave you, I'm going to stay with you well, the Bible says that Elijah took his mantle, and that would have been his overcoat, his cloak, if you will, and he smoked the Jordan River. He parts it, and they walk across on dry ground. Well, when they get to the other side, Elijah says to his assistant, Elisha, what in the world can I do for you? You've been loyal. You've been committed. I'd like to do something for you before I go up. And Elisha answers, and he says, Let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. That's verse number 9 in the passage that we read Earlier, it actually uses these words. Elisha asks of Elijah, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Notice the words, thy spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit, it was the spirit of Elijah. That was his attitude. That was the heart with which he functioned. So, and, and Elijah's spirit was so wonderful that Elisha said that that's a big part of God using you. The spirit or the attitude that you have. Elijah said to him, he said, you ask a hard thing of me, Elisha. Elijah said, if you see me when I go up, then we will grant your wish. Well, it turns out that Elisha was there when Elijah was translated. And as a result of it, Elisha did receive a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Then you know what happens. According to the Bible, Elisha ends up doing 16 supernatural miracles. Remember, Elijah only did 8. Elisha does 16. Let me point out, though, to you a truth that many people miss. You see, the truth is that Elisha does double miracles of Elijah. Elisha receives a double dose of Elijah's spirit. Now, it might be that Elisha received a double dose of the Holy Spirit, but that's not what he asked for. He said, of thy spirit. Now, Elijah... Let me take you back a little bit. Elijah had had a time when he was down. Elijah had had a time when I think he was wounded in spirit. There's a story where Elijah took on 450 false prophets of Baal. He outran a chariot. He ends up uh, uh, attacking these prophets of Baal. He kills them all, and then Jezebel comes after him. The Bible says when Elijah runs from Jezebel, he goes and hides underneath a juniper tree. Matter of fact, he's discouraged. He's virtually depressed. It's found in 1 Kings 19. He's depressed. He's under that juniper tree. He's thrown in the towel. He's ready to resign the ministry. He's ready to resign everything. He's all the way to the point where he says, I don't even want to live. I don't even want to live. Now, that's where Elijah went at one point in his ministry. But let me say to you about Elisha, his assistant. The one that does 16 miracles. You do not see anywhere in the Scripture where Elisha had one of those down times. You don't see where he had a wounded spirit. Is it possible that Elisha accomplished double miracles? Not only because of the power of God, but because the the spirit of Elijah had rested on Elisha. But you do not see where Elisha had had a wounded spirit. You see, what you accomplish for God is going to have something to do with His Spirit, but it's also going to have something to do with your Spirit. It has something to do with the Spirit of the God of the universe, but it has something to do with your attitude. Your spirit influences how greatly and how much God can use you. Not only the Holy Spirit, but your spirit. Your spirit influences how much your spiritual leaders feel they can trust you and use you. Hey, your body is supposed to be healthy, but what's down inside you has to be healthy as well. I would rather have a sick body and a healthy spirit than a healthy body and a sick spirit. We're talking about your attitude. We're talking about that bundle of emotion that's attached to your what we call your spirit. Now, again quickly, I'm going to give you some points to catch up and then I've got to get to the new part of the sermon. I said number one, man is made in three parts. The Bible says in Genesis 1.26, and God said, let us make man in our enemies. The word us and our is plural. This is before man was created. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were having a conversation and they said, let us create man in our image. Our God is a three-part God. Man was created in three parts. Man is body, man is soul, man is spirit. Well, that's how we ended up that way. Because God is, God is a three-part God and man is a three-part man. The Bible says, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. So, number one, man is made of three parts. Number two, we must know the difference between God's spirit and man's spirit. In Romans 8, 16, the Bible says, the Spirit itself, that's got a capital S there. That means it's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our Spirit. The word Spirit there is a small s. You see, we out of reverence that capital S because it's the Holy Spirit, anytime there's a proper name, it is to be capitalized. And the Holy Spirit, that's, that's proper. And so there you have the Holy Spirit, capital S, and our Spirit. There are other scriptures in the Bible that refer to our spirit. First Timothy 4.12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of believers in word, in conversation, in charity, and in... Spirit. Then, the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 4, it says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great peace. Here, God talks to a lady about her spirit. What's it talking about? Her heart, her attitude, that bundle that we call the emotions and our our behavior toward people. So, when you read your Bible, you need to make sure you notice there is a difference between the Holy Spirit and the spirit of man. Remember, man's made of body, soul, and spirit. And there is a difference between the Holy Spirit and man's spirit. Now, God's spirit can be wounded. The Bible says in Matthew 3.16, it says in Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him. And, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, lighting upon him. I explained this this morning. That the, the Holy Spirit is compared to a dove. A dove spooks easily. A dove can be, can, can be startled easily. Listen, folks, if the Holy Spirit's not wanted, he'll flee. He'll, he'll go away. You can reject him. You can, you can, you can virtually, now, I don't mean offend, offend in the fact that he is weak. The Bible says, Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend him. You won't offend the Holy Spirit. He's strong and capable, but when we talk about offend, you can make him feel like he's not wanted and he'll just back off and he'll leave. Did you know the Holy Spirit can be grieved? Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed. Did you know that the Holy Spirit can be quenched? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the Spirit. And so, you see here, we can wound our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can push Him away. We can quench Him. We can grieve Him. We can spook Him. And the old dove takes to flight. Our behavior can injure His influence on us. Our behavior... Hey, a church's behavior can injure the Holy Spirit's influence in a church. If a church starts misbehaving, the Holy Spirit will retract itself. You can almost tell when when something's not going right in a church, something begins to quench the Spirit. You be careful. I know I'm going to. I don't want to do anything that would quench or grieve the Spirit of God from working at the Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church. Next, man's spirit also can be wounded or injured. Man's spirit was created to some degree in the image of God's spirit. The Bible tells us about Hannah, and Hannah had a sorrowful spirit. First Samuel 1.15, it says, And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. Again, it goes along with this wounded spirit, or a wounded attitude, or a wounded heart. A broken spirit is mentioned in the Bible. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. I told everybody this morning, when you have a bad attitude, when you have a bad spirit, you're hurting your health. A good spirit, it produces healthier body. The Bible says that we can have a wounded heart. Uh, Psalm 109, verse 22, it says, For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. That's not talking about the physical organ of the heart. It's talking about the spirit. It's talking about the attitude, the seat of your emotions. Man's spirit can be damaged. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 14, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear I've seen people with wounded spirits you've seen people with wounded spirits often people that have wounded spirits don't realize they do they don't realize they do they don't know how to describe it now when i describe it you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to apply some of the behavior of the wounded spirit and you might figure it out but this thing kind of a wounded spirit it is as it is as big a deal as if somebody had a wounded heart, the organ of the heart. You say, boy, if somebody has a heart attack, that's a big deal. You're right. And when you have a wounded spirit, it is, your spirit is such a part of the spiritual part of you. It's dangerous. I mean, it's something that can destroy you, and you don't want that. Now, this morning, I described the signs of a wounded spirit. I can't go into all them in great detail, but let me tell you, a wound hurts. It's touchy, it's painful, it's sensitive, it aches, it swells, it throbs. Prior to a wound, you could touch the area, you could slap it, but there would be no pain. Now that it's wounded, there's there's hardly any tolerance for pain there. And one wound can make other wounds flare up. Let me tell you some of the uh, signs of a wounded spirit. A desire to run. I explained it this way today. Somebody gets a wounded spirit, they want to run. They just want to run. They want to quit quit their duties. They want to run uh, from the church. Uh, wounded animals run and hide. You get you take the dog that gets wounded, it's going to try to go find some place and hide. You see a wounded deer, it'll find a thicket, it'll find some nice uh, thick uh, uh, sticks and bushes and go hide under it. So, be careful now. One of the signs of a wounded spirit is the desire to run. Another sign is increased rage. And, 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 and increase temper, out of control. Wounded animals will lash out unpredictably, and somebody with the wounded spirit behaves the same way. They, they, they'll get mad. They'll get mad So somebody didn't even do anything to them. Why? They've got a wounded spirit, and that wounded spirit kind of unleashes uh, some emotions, and, and they don't control them well. Then, what's another sign? No control over the tongue. Quicker than usual to criticize and to tear down. Very analytical about what's wrong with everybody. Brilliant about what's wrong with everybody. Not having any idea that we're looking and saying, what's wrong with you? Good night. where do you get that attitude? To pick things to death. Somebody standing back and saying, knife. what's that in your crawl? What's your problem? Never recognizing the fact that your attitude is so revealing. No control over the tongue. What you once may have thought. Critically, but would have never spoken, you now lash out confidently. Why? Your spirit's wounded, and there are some things that are out of control. Something else about the wounded spirit, there is an increased sensitivity. You wear your feelings on your cuff. Everything offends you. Everything hurts you. You take everything very personally. That's a sign of the wounded spirit. Another sign of a wounded spirit, you become very self centered, constantly thinking of how everything affects you. This sermon's only, uh, uh, you know, if you take this sermon wrongly, it's, it's because somebody was trying to hurt you. We build a wall to keep out bad, but we also keep out some good that way. Here's another sign constantly feeling like you're the object of attack. There's an insecurity, a spiritual paranoia. Any preaching or instruction is an attack on you. Then you're impossible to satisfy. Somebody that's got a wounded spirit, nothing's good enough. Nothing or nobody can satisfy. You know, we think you want one thing and uh, we give it to you, but that's not what you want. And we, we think you want something else and we give it to you, but that's not what you want. We can even leave it up to you. What do you want? You can pick it and we give it to you, but that's not what you want. But it's never anybody's fault. It's, never, it's everybody else's fault and it's never your fault. Hey, people with wounded spirits are impossible to satisfy. You just can't figure it out. You just throw your hands in the sky and say, Okay, here they come again. Now what do they want? You can't say that to them, but that's what you think. You can't satisfy them. Then you become a pessimistic person instead of optimistic. In other words, you're a negative person instead of a positive person. Folks, as Christians, we're to be positive. We're to, we're to be upbeat and we're to be living for God. You know, everything, everything though in, in the wounded spirit's life, everything has a negative attached to it. They can never find something good that's just good. It's always good and Always have to have that conjunction there. Always have to tear a little something down. Uh, listen, there's a the kind of people that their cup is half empty instead of half full. You see the pain, but you don't see the gain. Here's another sign of a wounded spirit. The feeling you can't do anything well enough to please others. Sometimes, this is your fault. You, you, you're down on yourself. Sometimes it may be somebody else's fault, but you will make sure that they know, at least in your heart, that it's got to be their fault. Really and honestly, accomplishment begins to seem out, out, out of your reach. Somebody with a wounded spirit feels like, no matter what I do, it's not good enough. Now, you know, some people can have that attitude. Some can have it in humility. Others have it almost with a touch of uh, uh, animosity with it. you ever had someone say, nothing I do ever says Now, some people have that attitude constantly. They're just mad at every leader. Can't satisfy them. Can't satisfy them. Can't satisfy them. Can't satisfy anybody. Watch out now. It could be attached to this thing called a wounded spirit. A feeling of hopelessness, as if all opportunity is gone. When people with a wounded spirit dwell on negatives, they dwell. They almost entertain themselves with the negatives that have come their way. It's almost as if they're enjoying the pain for a while, and then they get themselves in this depressed stupor and wish they would have never put themselves in it. I mean, they can entertain that thought and entertain that thought, and it's a negative. For long they've got themselves so depressed. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat worms. Well, go ahead. You won't like them. You'll say, these don't taste the way I thought they would. Who can eat these worms? Impossible to satisfy. Then, one of the most dangerous effects is that somebody with the wounded spirit won't trust anybody. Nobody's really good. Nobody's really sincere. Nobody's real. There's always uh, an ulterior motive with everybody that tries to help you and everybody that tries to love you and everybody that tries to invest in you. What are they trying to get out of you? What do they want from you? They're not sincere. You say, Brother Owens, the human race is tainted. Yes, it is, but I've not given up on the human race. And I trust my God ultimately, and I trust His book ultimately, but I'm going to trust some people too, because people need people to trust them. If we don't trust each other, this whole world's going to turn into total chaos, and it's going to be a mess. Yeah. Right. The goodness of people is the Holy Spirit of God that lives within them, and the book that instructs them. No, you can't go to the bank 100% on everybody all the time, but there are some people that won't go to the bank at all on anybody. The only person you trust is you, and you're in sorry shape. What makes you think you're better than anybody else? You're made out of the same dirt that I am. Now, what are the steps to the healing of a wounded spirit? First of all, I'll say this. You ask the Holy Spirit to heal your spirit. You need to admit if your spirit is wounded. Look, I said this this morning. Some of you are excellent with people. You know how to smile. You are winsome. You're, you're, you're political. You've got this, you can smile and you can have this great attitude and you just look at everybody and for people to take a glance at you they would never imagine that you have a broken spirit down inside you, but you do. See, it is not how you carry yourself on the outside. It is the reality and the truth of what's going on on the inside. There are people that they come out in public and they're, they, 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 yeah, they get along with folk and everything but you get them in private. You get into the innermost part of their heart, if I may, their spirit, and you'll find out there's something not right there. There's hate. There's jealousy. There's rage. And folks, it's not, we're not trying to... I think we ought to keep putting up the front. I don't think you can just cut loose and do everything you want and say everything you want. That would be stupid. But I, I can tell you this. It's time to start fixing what's going on in private in some of your lives. It's time to fix it. It's time to stop coming into public and being one thing and being something totally different in attitude and spirit when you're out of the public eye. It needs to be fixed. So what do I do? I go to the Holy Spirit, and I say, Holy Spirit, obviously, my spirit, there's something not right with it. And God, I want your help. Holy Spirit, help heal my spirit. Number two, you need to get around spirit refreshers. You've got a damaged spirit. If you've got a wounded, a wounded heart or attitude, whatever you want to call it, get around spirit refreshers. I read to you from 1 Corinthians 16, verse 17 and 18. I read it to you this morning. Here's what Paul says. Paul mentions three names. When he's writing this verse, he said, I have just been with three people, and, they, and it says, For they have refreshed my spirit. And then he said, uh, he said For that which was lacking on your part... What he said was, I had a, my spirit was down a bit. I went and found some people that could refresh my spirit because when I was with you, you didn't. I'd hate, I'd hate to think that I was known as someone that gets people down instead of gets people up. If you want to have your spirit refreshed, get around spirit refreshers. Everybody under the sound of my voice needs to learn how to refresh other people's spirit. Number three, or number next, I'll lose track of the numbers here. Don't quit your responsibilities. If you hey, and if you do quit your responsibilities, humbly seek to regain them. If you've got a sick spirit, if you've got a wounded spirit, you know, people want to just quit. I'm quitting. Why? They want to run. What you do is you don't quit your things. And if you do, you go back to the leader and say, you do it like this. Now, I know I resigned and, and I know I might not be able to get right back in there. But, but as soon as I can, I want to serve the Lord again. Try this. I made a mistake. I, sh- I shouldn't have resigned. I was upset. Now, you know what? I can deal with that. I can deal with that. But don't quit your responsibilities. Hey, a wounded spirit, it destroys our productivity. Every time someone is running down the pathway of a wounded spirit, or they have a wounded spirit, they stop producing for God. They don't, they don't insult. hey, those of you that truly have a wounded spirit, there's some of you that when this thing came to a climax, you're just, you, you just haven't won anybody to Christ. Never have. There's some that have a wounded spirit that have never won any, anybody to Christ because of that wounded spirit. Let me go on. What do we do if we have a wounded spirit? Don't run from your pastor. Don't run from your pastor. When people start running from me, you know there's something wrong. You say, I don't like you. Well, I love you, and I like you, and I will help you. You don't like me, you can come face me, and I'll help you out of this thing. I'm big enough to take it if you don't like me. Now, if there's something wrong with me, I'd be glad to try to fix it. Now, there's some things about me you will not change. You will not change where I stand on doctrine. You will not change where I stand on separation from this world. If I've got a jerky personality, I'm glad to try to fix that. Because I'm trying to be formed in the image of Jesus Christ. I want to fix me. But don't run from your pastor. Uh, let me go on. That's where I stopped this morning. We've got to hit it running here. Next, don't dwell on discouragements. Don't dwell on discouragements. Things, things, hey, the things that you can't change, why do you dwell on those? Why do you keep thinking about, okay, you got a divorce? And all you do is think about that. And you're a depressed person because of it. Can I recommend that you just forget about it and go on? There are people in here, your divorce has stolen your spirit. Stole part of your checkbook too. But I'm just here to tell you, if I went through a divorce, I I would do my best to learn from it, and I would go on. Why do you dwell on that discouragement? It does not help you. Lost opportunity. You say, well, I lost this opportunity. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it's somebody else's fault. Why dwell on the discouragement? Let me go on next. Don't get this. Don't allow yourself to dislike anyone. Let me tell you the difference here. We talk about loving the brethren. I think you ought to love the brethren, but I think you ought to like the brethren. When you get to the point where you're going around the church saying, I love them, but I can't stand them. I don't like them. You're on your way. Do you get the difference? You come across with this hyper-spirituality. Well, I love them, but I can't stand them. There's an intermingling of something going on there that you ought to be bigger than that. You ought to like the brethren and love the brethren. There are some of you, you think that you justify your hatred for somebody on the church staff. You can say, I love them, but I just don't like them. You're a poor Christian. You probably have a wounded spirit. You probably don't like that person because somewhere along the way, they were a part, maybe you feel like they were a part of that you, a missed opportunity or something. You better learn how to love and like people. Let me go on. Next, how are we going to solve this wounded spirit? Don't allow yourself to constantly display your feelings. You better get your feelings under control. Look, folks, it's what we all have to do. Sometimes you just need to learn to keep your mouth shut. You say, why? You're wounded, and there's a part of you that's broken that's not functioning properly. And you revealing your feelings about everything as fast as you can, you'll find yourself out on uh, out, uh, on a short stick. You will time and time again say, why couldn't I control myself and get that under control? Why did I launch that effort at that moment? You better learn to control your feelings. Number next. Don't run. Don't run. Stay and fix. Don't run. Stay and fix. You can run all you want, but you can't run away from you. So if I'm going to another church. You're taking a big part of your problem with you. Look, if I turn tail and run on the King James Bible, you go ahead and go join you in another church. But if with its people problems and personality conflicts and a bunch of stupid little things, suck it up, grow up and say, I'll stay right here and fix this. You can't run constantly. I've watched, I've, I've, I've watched, I've watched this by so many. People, you can't, you just can't find a church and you think, well, I'll go somewhere where I can fix it. Yeah, go mess up their church, buddy. Let's go on. Don't mentally repeat your disappointments don't mentally repeat your disappointments. Some of you need to stop the way you think a disappointment comes and you think about it. Hey, listen, you, 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 know, you can't stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can keep him from building a nest there. When a disappointment comes your way, it hits you. You do not have to rehearse it in your brain over and over and over and over and over. over. What good did it do? You say, well, it really happened. Okay, what good did it do for you to think about it? Over and over and over and over and over. You are driving your heart, your spirit, your attitude right in the ground. People will let you down, people will let me down. Disappointments will come. We will disappoint ourselves and others will disappoint us. Life includes disappointments, but why do you repeatedly repeat that in your mind? Why do you go over the disappointment and over the disappointment and over the disappointment and over the disappointment? Why don't you find something good and go over that and find something good and go over it and over it and over it and over it and over it? it. The minute you're disappointed with something here at the church, why don't you think about all the people? People are saved and put that in the place of it and say, thank God all those people are saved. Thank God all those people were saved. Thank God all those people were saved. Thank God all those people are saved. Instead of taking that one thing, that's your disappointment, and driving your spirit in the ground by repeating it. Number next, don't retract from your crowd or your church family. Retraction equals rejection. Get in, not out. There's something about this. The minute you feel that maybe your spirit's wounded, get with the people, get around them, force yourself. Force yourself. Don't run and hide. Next. Don't hang around others with wounded spirits. Contagious. You get enough people with wounded spirits all in the same church, they'll split a church. Stay away from it now. Stay away from it. Next. Don't distort reality. Realize you're wounded and you're overreacting. Wounded people overreact. Wounded spirits have spiritual hallucinations. I promise you, I can bring people up. I could bring people up to this pulpit today that in the last month said, Preacher, I should have come back to God a long time ago. I thought you were against me. I thought everybody was against me. I thought nobody liked me. Where'd that come from? If there's a church on the face of the earth where the preacher says the preacher of a second chance and the people are a people of a second chance, the devil lied to you. And you're suffering from spiritual hallucinations. That's the way he is. Be careful now. Wounded spirits overreact. Always overreacting. Number next don't allow yourself to lose respect. For who? For yourself. For your church. For your mate. For your pastor, for fundamentalism, for your convictions, for your leaders. Be careful now. I see it. When people have a wounded spirit, they start losing respect for so many. Can't find anybody they respect. Well, there's only one person on the whole face of this earth I respect. I worry. I I honestly worry. I like helping to heal people. I have a lot of people say, "Preacher, I trust you, but I don't trust anybody else. I need to help get you fixed up quick. Because all the devil has to do is take me out and you'll end up being a drunk, drug prostitute. There are a lot of good people left in this world. You're suffering from delusion. You, 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 you've lost respect and you need to gain a little of it again. Hey, get your eyes off yourself. If you want to help your wounded spirit, go serve somebody. Let me tell you something I've I've discovered. This isn't 100% true. Most people that work in the bus ministry don't end up with wounded spirits. Why? Their life is all about other people. Their life is all about other people. And I wish I could park it here for five minutes and tell you, I, I use that. I try to use that to help people. You get your eyes off of you. If you, want to, if you want to heal your wounded spirit, you go find some people that have it tougher than you. You go, hey, you launch yourself out there where people are dirty and nasty and low down. Hey, you launch yourself out there where people don't have anything. You won't come back to the church complaining all the time. You'll come back and say, glory to God what we have. Oh my, what God's done for us. Next, don't decide to start something new. Decide to finish what you've already started. See, what we want to do is we want to run from something we're already doing to go do something new. For some reason, we don't want to face something back here in what we're already doing. Don't run. Fix. Don't run. Fix. Let me say this, and then I've got to get to my last point. Make no major decisions when you're wounded. When your spirit's wounded, when you suffer a blow, and you see a bunch of these things happening, don't change a thing come to church when you don't feel like it go soul winning when you don't feel like it read your Bible when you don't feel like it don't leave your husband don't leave your wife don't leave your church when you're wounded come and fake it because when we're wounded we make terrible decisions and again I could march them across the platform right now that would say listen he knows what he's talking about right here When you're wounded, you will make decisions that are not good decisions and look back and you'll regret them. You'll look back someday and say, why did I do that? Well, if you were wounded, you were wounded. This is what we've said so far this evening. I said this. I said, number one, man is made of three parts. I said, number two, we must know the difference between God's spirit and man's spirit. I said, number three, God the spirit can be pushed away, greed or quenched. I said, number four, man's spirit can also be wounded. Man's spirit, uh, made in the image of God, it too can have that wound. I said, the signs of a wounded spirit. The signs of a wounded spirit and a desire to run. Increased rage or temper. I said no control over the tongue. Increased sensitivity. Becoming very self-centered. a Constant feeling that you're the object of attack. You're impossible to satisfy. You become a, a negative rather than a positive person. You feel like you can't do anything well enough or right enough to please people. You have a, a feeling of hopelessness. You dwell on the negatives. And most, most dangerous, you trust no one then. How do I heal it? Well, I go to the Holy Spirit and I ask Him to heal my spirit. Next, I get around spirit refreshers. Next, I don't quit my responsibilities. Next, I don't run from my pastor. Next, I don't dwell on the discouragements. Next, I don't allow myself to dislike people. Next, I don't allow myself to constantly display my feelings. Next, I don't run. I stay in fix. Next, I don't mentally repeat my disappointments. Next, I don't retract myself from my crowd. Next, I don't hang around other wounded spirits. Next, I don't distort reality. Next, I don't allow myself to lose respect for those around me. Next, I get my eyes off myself. I then decide to start. I don't want to go start something new. I need to finish something old and be faithful to it. And finally, I'll make no major decisions while I'm wounded. Now, finally, I want to tell you how to avoid getting a wounded spirit. I want you to know how to keep from wounding your spirit. Let's say you say, Well, you know, brother, once I've never really had a, a, a wounded spirit, uh, maybe maybe you could testify like Elisha, who did 16 supernatural miracles opposed to Elijah's eight. Elijah would have to say, I. Ah, the wounded spirit. I, he wanted to die. He was so down. He had ran from the crowd. Everything that I talked about, he was, he was critical. You'll find out. He was critical in the story there in 1 Kings. He was running. He was unsatisfied. There's a lot of things going on with him there. Maybe, though, you say, I've not had a wounded spirit. Let me tell you how to keep it that way. Say, I have had a wounded spirit, but it's fixed. I'll show you how to keep it that way. You say, I have a wounded spirit right now. Well, I've showed you how to fix it. You go to work on it. But once we get you to the point where your spirit's healthy, you're going to have to protect yourself. I spend every day of my life, one of the thoughts that permeate my day is protecting my spirit. I have to have talks with me. You know, you know how much time I spend with negative I will get on an airplane, I'll fly to the West Coast, I will, I'll have pastors come and counsel with me about their churches falling apart, I'll spend two or three days, and, and they'll, I'll get negative after negative after negative, when I counsel it's negative after negative after negative, I'm surrounded by negative, I go to the hospital and it's negative, I go to the jails and it's negative, I, everywhere I go there's negative coming at me, but if you ever notice, I'm not a negative person. I'm a positive person. I'm an upbeat person. But I protect my spirit. I want to be long term. I want to go all the way to the end. I I don't want to get old and nasty and mean. I don't want to to be out of control as an old person. Now let me tell you some things how to avoid a wounded spirit. First of all, you've got to walk in the spirit. You can't do this on your own. If you will walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You be sure... If you have a wounded spirit, the way it got wounded is you let your guard down. And for a moment, for a day, for a week, you were not walking in the spirit of God. His spirit's more powerful than anything that could come up against your spirit. So you must walk in the spirit. Number two, you must forgive quickly. Don't waste a year of your life. Don't waste a month of your life. Don't waste a week of your life. Don't waste a day of your life. Mrs. Owens, my wife, will tell you, if she and I ever have a disagreement, it gets a little tense. I run for apologies. Why? I I cannot take a chance of my spirit being soiled. I fix it. I fix it as fast as I can. If you and I ever had a a, a tension, you'll find out. I want it fixed. I, do not, I will not let it linger. I will not let that poison begin to explode inside me. You need to fix it, and you need to fix it fast. And so you've got to learn to forgive quickly. A lot of people that have wounded spirits have allowed something to fester. Forgive, forget, and go on. Ladies, are you listening to me? Two men can get on a fight. We can take two boys to get on a fight out here on the playground, they can go to Fifth City. I don't want you doing that. But then go to fifth city out here, be mad at each other. Two minutes later, they can be playing on the same football team and love each other to death. Two girls get in the same fight, and they hate each other for the rest of their lives. Maybe if you watch, your emotions go pretty deep. I find far more ladies with wounded spirits than I do men. Uh, and I'm not trying to pinch you. I'm not a male chauvinist. I am a pig, but I'm not a male chauvinist. But ladies, your emotions run deep. You better protect yourselves. I'll tell you why. Nothing will destroy a man or a family quicker than a woman. Ladies, you, you set the Spirit in your home. You, you, you get the women contrary in a church, you'll have a problem. Mommy ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now, there are many men with damaged spirits, but ladies, you better protect yourself in a special way. So I say, number one, walk in the spirit. Number two, forgive quickly. Number three, serve others. Stay busy serving others. You know something? When something personal comes to me and hits me, and I am just it just hits me, and it, it has the potential of blowing me away. You know what I do? I stay on schedule, and I keep serving people. I may be blown away with a personal tragedy and if it happens to me at 8 o'clock in the morning at 8.30, I will meet with you and your scheduled appointment and I will carry your burden at 8.30. I don't take, I, I don't take time to entertain my own pain. I'm coming to help you with yours. And let me tell you, that'll, that, that'll make a difference. So serve others. Hey, hey, faithful to your ministry. Number next. You want to keep from having a wounded spirit? Avoid negative people. Avoid negative people. If I've got to be around negative people to help them, then I will. But if you think, if you think for a moment, the church's biggest gossip, I want to go to their house and spend four hours fellowshipping in the backyard at a cookout, you're crazy. Why would I want my spirit to be in subjection to that? I won't do it. Some of you risk your spirit. I feel sorry for some. Because some of you live in the same household with somebody that's got a wounded spirit. There's no place to run. That's really sad. You may need to watch your family. I'm talking about that, 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 that family that doesn't live in your household. Sometimes you have to limit yourself with people that just... Hey, some of you have family members that have terribly wounded spirits. And you get around them and what do they do? They pick the scab right off of your wounded spirit. You better be careful. Number next, stay close to your spiritual leaders. Close up the gap. Close up the gap. You get close to your Sunday school teacher. You get close to those that lead you spiritually. The minute you start distancing yourself, you could be a prime target for a wounded spirit. So, where am I at? I said, walk in the spirit. I said, forgive quickly. I said, serve others often. I said, avoid negative people. I said, stay close to your spiritual leaders. Number next, decide you never want to go there. See, never want to go where? You've got to decide, tonight, I do not want to damage your wounded spirit. Thank God there were some decisions I made as a very young preacher. And one was, I didn't want to end up bitter. I didn't want to end up being the kind of guy that's going all over the place attacking people. And, and, and I don't want to live like that. I'm not, I don't want that kind of a ministry. I don't want to be constantly having to sort things out because I can't control my tongue. And one-on-one, on one I'm rude and I'm crude to people. I don't want that. So I made sure early in life I said, I do not want a wounded spirit. And from this point on, every day of my life, I will protect my spirit. Somebody here needs to make that decision tonight. And say, from here on out, I will protect my spirit and I will protect the spirit of people around me. Number next, confess your relationship sins quickly so bitterness does not creep in. In other words, sincerely fix your relationships as fast as you can. Kind of goes along with the forgiveness issue, but fix relationship problems and quit. You won't end up divorced that way. Most divorces come from wounded spirits. Let me go on. Number next. Don't quit your duties. Don't quit your duties. Stay in your ministry. Keep teaching your bus. Keep teaching your Sunday school class. Stay in King's Kids. Don't quit your duties. We're to be growing in the Lord, not retreating. Yes, Number next, read your Bible, not in an effort to justify your behavior, but in an effort to be like Jesus. Yes, wounded people often go to the Bible and all the time they're in it, they're telling, telling you what's wrong with everybody else. Right there, they wouldn't have done that. Right there, they wouldn't have done that. Right there, you better read your Bible to become like Jesus. We can thank God He did not get a wounded spirit. I mean, he said, he was hanging on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He had to keep a pure heart. And you help more people when you've got that pure, healthy heart. And that's what he had. Number next, stay truly humble. Watch your pride. Don't desire position. Desire to serve. And that way you won't be hurt. If you desire position and you don't get it, more than likely you'll have a wounded spirit. Think about it. What wounds your spirit quicker than anything? You want something, can't have it? Number next, learn to spread out your hurt. You say, what? Learn to spread out your hurt. There are times when I'm facing so many hurts... I have to deal with them on schedule. You know what? I know I, know I can't. I'll overload. I will overload with burdens. Do so you know what I have to do? There's sometimes I have to say this burden is going to have to be dealt with on Thursday. So I'm going to put a place in my schedule on Thursday to deal with this burden. But right now, I've got to preach. I've got to have a good spirit and I've got to have a good heart. I'll get to this, but I'm going to have to get to it later. Some of you, you take them in and you take them in and you take them in. And you say, brother the that seems impossible. It is not impossible. You can give time for a hurt and then go hurt. Some of you, you just decide, I think I'll just hurt all the time. You have to get that under control. Or you'll never do anything for God. Or what you do for God will be minimal compared to what you could have done. You know, your emotions are not supposed to control you. You're supposed to control them. Just like your credit card. Maybe that's why we don't understand it. You're to control your credit card, not it control you. And you're to control your emotions by the power of the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God. And you can do that. There are times when I must say to myself, I can't deal with this right now. There's been many a time, many a time, when I needed, a, I needed to go do something that was positive and upbeat. And a negative came to me. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is so heavy. In five minutes, I've got to go do something that is positive. What am I going to do? I can either go take my positive event and turn it into a negative, or I can take the negative that I've heard, shift it into a spot, and say, I'll deal with this later. I can't deal with it now. And I go do my job with the right spirit and right attitude. And you can do that too. Learn to spread out your hurt. And then finally, well, I've got two more, but hang on. Let me say this. Become a spirit protector. I spend my life trying to protect spirits. Uh, Spend your life refreshing the spirits of others. Usually spirit refreshers don't have wounded spirits. So if you'll work at refreshing others, that's not always true, but if you'll work at refreshing others, you will stay alert to the sensitivity of your attitude or the sensitivity of your heart. Become a spirit refresher. And then finally, use the altar. Many times wounded spirits won't. The altar. The altar is God. Wounded spirits also, I'll take care of it in my seat. You probably haven't taken care of anything. The Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Sometimes the wounds are self-inflicted. Sometimes the wounds are inflicted by others. But can I tell you something? It really doesn't matter. Once you've got that spirit down and wounded, you become unproductive. For God in your family, it's bad enough, society, we must heal our spirits. We must protect that attitude thing. And if we will, I think we can make it to the end where the Lord will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I would like to do double the miracles Elijah 8, season of a wounded spirit. Elisha 16, no evidence of a wounded spirit and he said to Elijah let a double portion of thy spirit fall upon me I was around the greatest Christian I've ever met his name was Dr. Jack Hiles the power of the Holy Spirit of God was upon him in a powerful way let me tell you something else his spirit was healthy he had a healthy spirit Well, I'd like to get a double dose of that. A spirit. One that I'm responsible to God for keeping healthy. And so are you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as Savior, you need to get born again. You need to get your spirit. You need to be born again. Your spirit needs to be born again. If you're not saved, we want you to get saved. If you're here tonight and you need this altar, I want you to come. If you've been saved and never made it public, you come. If you've been saved and never been baptized, you come. I believe all over this building, somebody
0: needs you.